0: Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board, and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear?
1: I'm really excited for everyone to hear from Crystal. So Crystalware is a good example of when I teach my clients how to become a thought leader and how to grow their business through video and podcast. I really try to teach them it's a mindset shift that putting yourself authentically as a guest on people's podcasts and authentically on social media and really being yourself can bring in your tribe. What is it? Your vibe attracts your tribe. So Crystal is someone who heard me on a podcast and she reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, your story really resonated with me, you working through your delivery of your second child and my water broke at work. Or maybe she said, I tried not to have my water break at work. But anyway, it was very funny. And I totally was like, oh, she and I should connect and know each other. She ended up taking my video bootcamp class and she's really crushing on social. She has a podcast and is growing her business. And I just love that it's perfect example because I think people think, oh, you just like post a video, you wait for someone to respond. It's not about that. It's also about engagement and being active, but also showing up authentically really over many months after I've shown up on podcasts more, the podcast I was on that Crystal found me on was one of those ones I really finally felt like, ah, I'm finding my voice. I'm bringing all of Kim, like the funny part of Kim, the part of Kim that's looser, and not the part of Kim that just shows up and teaches people things, but rather the whole Kim, the one who can laugh at herself, the one who's more vulnerable, more open. And the word authenticity makes me laugh. It's like so trite. But really, once you Really tap into what is uniquely you and making sure that's kind of always vivid and always at the forefront has really, really catapulted my personal business. And so, crystal coming into my world and my orbit through me being authentic reminds me to remind people be authentic, show up as yourself, A, show up, but show up as yourself and keep in mind what makes you special and unique. And speaking of that, If you are looking to be seen as a thought leader, grow yourself as an expert in your space, you should reach out to me. You could check me out at kimritberg.com or drop me a note at kimritberg, K-I-M-R-I-T-T-B-E-R-G on Instagram. And I have lots of free goodies. I have amazing free tips to be better on camera and how to make amazing videos. So don't forget to grab those. And without further ado, I'm gonna introduce you to Crystal Ware, who's based in Houston and has three kids ages six, eight and 10. And you're going to learn about her and you're going to learn from her. I am so excited to have Crystal here with me. So, okay, Crystal and I met and I talk about this all the time. People don't realize this, how you can make new connections through social media, real ones through social media. Crystal and I got connected because I was on a podcast and she came in and connected with me on LinkedIn and she sent me a message that our stories are so similar and we're going to have so much in common. I was like, yeah, okay, maybe, cool. We connect. (laughs) My video bootcamp. And I was like, oh my God, Crystal and I have so many similarities. I love her. She's such a Spitfire. She's so uh, unbelievable. I don't mean that as like, I'm so unbelievable. But anyway, (laughs) I just, uh, I love Crystal. I was so impressed by her. So I'm so excited to bring her on the show. I'm going to introduce her. Crystal Ware is redefining what it means to become your best self in business, career, and life. Crystal is a lawyer, an entrepreneur, and an investor. After spending years in corporate America, she found the courage to leave her lucrative career and invest in herself. Along the way, she's learned so much about getting clear on your purpose, owning your worth, and living life on your own terms that she launched her own podcast, Get Clear with Crystal Ware, to help other women get there faster. Crystal, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. And, you know, I just, I really love your story of how you've, A, switched, but also that you came from this background that's not necessarily this like Fortune 500, you know, upbringing, and then you're really like crushing it in corporate. Talk to me a little bit about where you grew up and what you saw yourself doing.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's really funny. I am from a very, very working class family. If anybody has seen Urban Cowboy, okay, that is my parents went there. Literally that bar that they went to in Urban Cowboy is in the town that I'm from. So really blue collar. Uh, My dad went to a two-year program after I was like in junior high. Um, So my parents didn't go to college, but I always had this big grand idea for what my life was going to look like maybe not spelled out in details, but I really had a vision for the life that I wanted to leave. And I just thought, I'm going to make this happen. So I went to college. I was originally going to be a doctor and then realized, oh my God, to be a special cardiologist, I'm going to be in school until I was like 50. So I thought, "Mm, I really like helping people. What else could I I do to help people? I'll go to law school. I can learn something in law school. I can help people, undefined help people. I didn't have this grand vision of I was going to be a partner at one of the top four law firms or anything like that. I just really wanted to help people. So I went to law school, uh, became a lawyer. And, you know, as you know, I would say 50% of my friends say it's terrible. Like billing your time, (laughs) day, hour, and hour. Like, I think people like my one friend who has... You know, beer and wine and writes the best briefs ever as he's drinking and sitting around with people. If you can build your time that way, kudos to you. That was not me. So I quickly shifted gears. And I think staying open to the possibilities that could and where my life could be have led me on this really great corporate career. And I went into insurance and then I went into corporate, working between insurance and legal. And kind of climbed up the corporate ladder with the vision that I was going to be a VP. But what that meant to me and what I was seeing while I was there is that my time wasn't my own. My initiatives were not always my own. You had this big bureaucratic machine, and I wanted to make things happen and I wanted to see things really be changed in ways that you can't change in corporate. And that made me ask myself, what What am I really doing here? What is the purpose of this? Is there a bigger purpose for me? And after thinking about that for quite some time, I, I made the decision to leave and start my own business. And so when you were a VP, what role was that? I wasn't a VP. Oh, I wanted to right. get to be a VP. Right, right, right. I was a manager. That was the next kind of step that I would be taking in how to position that. But I was doing corporate insurance running hundred million dollar insurance programs between two different uh, fortune 500 companies
1: and when you were a kid and you had decided that you want to be a lawyer was it more just I want to like be successful and be independent like is that the sort of thing that drove you you know being from where you were from you're just like this is my path like would you have friends whose parents were lawyers like I always feel like you get colored by what you see you know like my dad ran a computer company I was like I don't want to do that. (laughs) He ran his own business. I was like, this seems really hard. And also I'm terrible at computers. And I saw my dad, actually, he was an immigrant. And so he was like a super hard worker, like worked all the time. And so that I was very respectful that how hard he worked, but I didn't want that for myself. I was like, this seems exhausting and you never see your family. Um, So for you, like, how did you get the idea to be a lawyer? Do you have friends, parents that were lawyers and that inspired you?
0: No. And in fact, I thought all the people that did have family, friends, or whoever that were lawyers that knew the path <laughs> were, they were, it was much easier for them to be successful in law school than it was for me. I did not know any lawyers. I didn't know anything about it. I just decided, you know, that I wanted to be the boss, that I wanted to have a certain level of income, and that I wanted to be an expert. Those were kind of the things that drove me and then wanting to help people. And I thought, well, if you have the knowledge, if you have the capacity and you have a certain level of expertise and cachet so to speak that you could then use that and leverage that to help people in whatever avenues you wanted to and I did and I did use that you know to help um, my internal clients when I was at the company that's what I always thought of it is I'm finding solutions for my internal clients and I'm problem solving but no I didn't know any lawyers.
1: It's interesting. My mom went back to law school. Yeah, I was like wondering cuz I do feel like, you know, you see what's in your zone when you're a kid. You know, you're like this is these are the options for me based on what's in my eyeline. My mom went back to law school actually when I was in middle school. She took the bar when I was in middle wow. school. Yeah, which now that I have kids, I'm like, how did you do that? I mean, seriously, kudos to her. That is a
0: huge feat to do when you have especially big kids that are active and busy and,
1: you know. Yeah, for sure. And so talk to me about shifting to work for yourself. So what was that moment? And like, what that conversation looked like between you and yourself, you and your partner or whoever? I think it started when we were stuck away
0: in COVID. And I had all of my work to do. And, and it's sometimes hard to explain because there was not the verbal pressure of like, you need to show up 40 hours a week. But as you and I have talked about before, it's like this internal pressure that like, you have a team reporting to you, you needed to be doing these things, you need to be pulling your weight. So I was sitting there homeschooling my kindergartner, dealing with my pre-K child and my two-year-old, and then like trying to show up on Zoom 40 hours a week and be available to people around the world because it was a global company where I just... Literally put my head down and started crying one day at 3 p.m. Like, how can I keep doing this? This is not reasonable. And trying to find those balance and those boundaries, and like figuring out, you know, I've got to take care of these people at my house, but I need to take care of my clients and I need to take care of my business. And I think that really was the catalyst for me that said, there's got to be something different. There's got to be something more. There's got to be a way that I can have more time, more autonomy, more resources and more freedom to do something that I really love and it was passionate about. Um so what was when did COVID even start? Now I forget 2020? 2020 <laughs> 2020, um, forget 2020. But it was halfway through 2021 before I left and my company became my first client. So it still was a process for me. But that was I would say the catalyst on what shifted and drove me to wanting to move into my own business. Uh, and then I had been doing corporate insurance. So that is what I knew. That is what I understood. That's what I really felt most comfortable with, even though I wouldn't say it's like necessarily what I was super duper passionate about. So I started my own insurance firm doing consulting and working with small and mid-sized businesses where I'd been working with, you know, like large and ultra large
1: companies before. And what was the hardest part of going out on your own?
0: The hardest part, without a shadow of a doubt, do not even have to pause or think about that one. It was actually taking the first step to say, I'm going to leave my corporate job. I'm going to let go of this comfortable, really nice six-figure salary and start my own thing. That was without a doubt. And maybe it was because I was a lawyer and I had enough experience in the business world that I understood like how to set up a business and how to run a business. It was just leaving that was the hardest part. I just want to pause and say thank you to all the amazing people tuning in and making this show a success and to share some exciting scoop. I am opening up for the first time ever one-on-one coaching. We have two options available, the Executive Edge two-week program and the Career Catalyst six-week program, which will use my proprietary Earn It Framework. If you're ready to propel your professional journey, crush your salary goals, or need someone to coach you through a big career decision, let's conquer it together. Limited spots for unlimited empowerment. Links to sign up will be in the show notes and in the link tree on my Instagram and LinkedIn site. See you there.
1: It's funny when I was thinking when I was going to work for myself, My I think that I had earned like. $4,000 in freelance consulting in what I would then be my business. And I was thinking, how's this going to be a career? Like, how <laughs> am I make money? Who's going to hire me? So It is that idea of like, this is this going to be a thing? You know, I like what you were saying earlier about the law degree. I think we probably graduated around the same time from college. A law degree was like the thing that so many people went for, for graduate degrees. It's like, it's a good base of knowledge. You know, when you think about legislation, it's all like based in law, business, all based in law. Like, I think gives you the underpinnings to understand business. So my mom went to law school, My both of my brothers went to law school and they're not practicing anymore, but they have that understanding of contracts. And I don't know, I just think it's, it's a smart move to have that basis, especially then you launch your own business. It's always that foundation.
0: Yeah. And when we think about, and I know, you know, a, a large part of what you do, Kim, is helping people build up their story and getting out their expertise. And I, I do have to say that, I truly think having those letters after your name, it does lend yourself to expertise, no matter what area you are an expert in. And so when you say that, it just makes people stop and pause and think, oh, well, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And the reason for that is that it really is hard. (laughs) Law school is not easy. Taking the bar is not easy. What I thought was really my biggest takeaway and what I loved that happened in law school was the way I learned to learn. They don't teach you how to learn like that in undergraduate. If I always tell people, if if I knew how to study and learn the way I did in law school in undergrad, I would have been the top, you know, I would have had the highest GPA in undergrad because you learn how to take away the relevant information, let the rest of it fall away and then ask pointed and good questions. And that is going to lead you to success, really, in every in anything that you're doing. Asking the right questions, you know, when you're getting to an interview, it's so important that you ask the right questions, and that's really what I think law school does a really good job at.
1: I agree with you so much about the credentials of like having a JD after your name, an MD or whatever. And I actually I've been teaching people about messaging and branding, and one of the things I tell people is you have to brag whatever your credential is, whether it's a certificate or a graduate degree a fancy brand name client or anything, it's very hard to like position yourself as a different, better, different, you should hire me. So I think that's very helpful. Like when I was younger, I had a jewelry business and people would say, oh, that's nice. My grandma makes jewelry. And I'd say, oh, does your grandma also sell her jewelry at Bloomingdale's? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, you have to, yeah, having those credentials, working towards those credentials, like you have to let people know who you are because it's crowded. It's a noisy world.
0: I'm just, hold on. I just have to laugh because my grandmother
1: also does make jewelry. Yeah. But people would be like, <laughs> so oh, my grandma makes jewelry. And I was like, that's so cool. Yes. I think like, honestly, I having, love a that, out- but- having a creative outlet is the best thing for anyone, whether you're seven or 97. It's so great. But like when you're running a business, that's a jewelry business and someone's like, yes. oh, my, my nanny makes jewelry. I'm like, oh, okay, well, cool. But like, my is in women's wear daily. I don't mean to brag, but like, I've been working really hard at this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's it's different. Yeah. It's different. (laughs) Okay. Talk to me about Crystal 4.0. So we were Crystal who had a law degree, left law, went into insurance, then left insurance, crying at her desk during COVID, started her own insurance business. And now you've shifted into something else. So talk to me about what Crystal 4.0 looks like.
0: Yeah, so I I always had that desire that I really wanted to run a company, but what I realized in there was and you and you just t- touched on it Kim, really, is it's the creative outlet. Like what did I want to bring? You know, I think when we're kids, we fall away from the creativity that's not practical, it doesn't pay the bills. You know, you're not like lauded for being creative. So I let that part of me go, and I think that's really what I wanted to do. And so I wanted to have these interesting conversations. I wanted to ask hard questions. I wanted to bring stories of other women experiencing the same thing that I experienced and having support and comfort in how to let go and move into this new direction. And I knew that the right way to do that for me was in launching a podcast and then starting to work with women in coaching and in developing and in asking for more money. Because I realized in prepping for my podcast and, and setting up my website and looking at the avenues that I wanted to support women in that one of the biggest hangups for women, especially women like you and I who had a certain level of income in corporate, the hangup for moving forward was going to be money. So how do we talk about money if you want to shift into a new career, whether it's a new business or starting a new job or going into a new industry, how do you get amount of money that you need to feel comfortable? and realize that there's a real gap. I mean, we, we hear about it on the news all the time, the wage gap, but what we don't see is solutions in how to practically deal with that. And so that is really what I'm focused on in Crystal 4.0, which is Get Clear uh, with my podcast and newsletter and all the other things that we're working on for that. I
1: love that. And I think it's amazing. One of the things that has been really amazing to me and refreshing since I've launched my own business, but definitely since launching Mom's Exit Interview is meeting all these other women and having everyone be transparent about money because that's something that was very opaque in the corporate world. Not only did you not know what people earned, you felt like you were gonna go to the principal's office if you asked or if you told your own, it was like a no-no when I was in corporate. And so I would love to hear from you. I know you have some great advice on women either in corporate asking for a raise or promotion and then separately, I'd love any advice you have about money taboo in general.
0: Yeah, so this might be I'll start with what the unpopular opinion is because I agree with you being in corporate for many years, it benefits the company to not have people talking about salaries, right? Like that is a benefit for them. The unpopular opinion I have to share is I don't think there needs to be legislation to say mandating you're going to say what everybody what everybody makes. I don't think I need to be, you know, ha- here's crystalware nameplate and then here's my salary. What we need to feel comfortable in, because there is no law against this, is discussing our salaries, at least with our friends, our family, our secondary tier. Now, whether or not there's legislation that comes out about corporate having some rules around that, more rigorous standards, that's one thing. But saying that we're going to have a list of everybody's salary, that is not practical. And personally, that's personal information, right? It's up to you. But if you want to make the most amount of money that you can make, you should pry around. And so I just like the email I sent you to your LinkedIn inbox saying, you know what, Kim, I really like you. And we are simpatico and we're going to be friends. That is just how I lead. And so when I wanted to understand where I sat, I would ask interesting questions. I would not walk up to somebody and say, what is your salary? But I would ask little questions about the director that sat next to me, you know, about what was what was your pay at your last position? What was your stock incentives? What were your bonus structures? Did you get paid out your bonus at 80%, 100%, 200%? And it felt very comfortable to people to talk about something especially when it was their prior job. You know, you weren't necessarily asking about full on salary. So, you have to kind of educate yourself in where you are in the company, where other companies similarly positioned to yours are, and you can do that easily by asking people and usually When you have a little bit of a friendship with people, they're not going to be that adverse, especially I think with what's above millennials, Gen Z. Is that the Gen Z below?
1: Uh, So it's Gen X or zillennials. There we go. Whatever.
0: Gen Zillenials. X. Yeah. yeah. Gen X and below do not seem that resistant. The baby boomers, don't ask baby boomers. Okay. They are totally in that mindset of we don't talk about salary. We are corporate people and God bless them. That's what my parents are. I had great relationships at corporate with all of my baby boomer. I was very good at making relationships with people on the spectrum, but don't ask them about salary because they don't want to talk about it. But I think that's where it starts is talking about it and then reading up on you know the free resources on Online to understand what similar positions pay and what they pay geographically. You know, it's really interesting. And I know because you're in New York, I'm in Houston. One point that people would be very surprised to know the pay difference in Houston and New York, Kim, is usually only 5 to 10%. Mm. How much is the cost of living difference? 20, mm. 25%? Mm-hmm. The gap has closed more because Houston has gotten a lot more expensive in the last five or 10 years. But the pay is actually not that much different because it is so competitive for jobs in Houston. And there are so many Fortune 500 companies in Houston that the pay is just not that much different. But you do have to realize those nuances and really educating yourself and just asking. At the end of the day, ask. Some HR people will try to lead you astray. And I think that's terrible. I don't know why they want to do that. But I think for the most part, if you ask pointed questions of HR, what are the bands? What are the categories? What are the pay You know, within those categories? And how would I need to move to this? And da, 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 da. if you just start asking those questions, whether it's in your interview or if you're already in an existing position, you will start finding information. And then it's incumbent upon you. And this is the most important thing. You have to ask. You have to put yourself out there. The answer may be no, but you do have to ask. And if you don't ask, you'll never get. And I think that's where, especially when it comes to corporate, the problem we find with women is that they just aren't asking.
1: For the raise, you have to ask for the raise. Yes,
0: or for a specific amount of money. They may like dance around what they want to make and then just wait for the offer. You haven't set the stage for what you want to make. And usually, you know, if you're at a, you know, just below manager or above position, they have wide pay bands. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be. I'm just going to throw something out there, but one job could be fifty to a hundred thousand. That's a fifty thousand dollar difference. If you're just waiting for them to make an offer to you, you're leaving a ton of money
1: on the table. Talk to me about so that's advice. Obviously, for if you're in corporate or you're at a job and you're looking for a raise, when you advise as a coach and you help women who are running their own businesses. What's your advice in terms of money and what to charge and, how, and and all of that for people who are working for themselves? I will tell you that I've
0: experienced this
1: for myself
0: because when I moved out of the big company insurance realm, I could have gone into insurance brokerage for larger companies. And when you're working on that, one client is going to pay you a lot more. It's probably, you know, similar to what you have if you're working with a corporate client or if you're working with a small business owner. I moved into the small and mid-sized space thinking, I have all this amazing technical knowledge. I can really help and move the needle and make their businesses sharper with the skill I have. But what that also meant was the total amount of money was less. So when you think about where you're going, whether it's a product, consulting, what your pay scale is going to be, we need to first and foremost, remember that the work is the same. No matter what the income level is for the most part. So if you focus on something that is going to be mid-tier category and above, it may be harder for you to have the confidence to start selling yourself or the product. But once you start getting traction, you're going to ramp up to the level of income that you want much quicker than starting. And, and a, a good example of that, if we just talk about a digital space, is if you're going to do a five ninety nine dollars ebook, or you're going to launch a course that's The work to gain 10 clients is usually going to be the same, but you're going to have $59.99 in income or $59.99 in income. So think about where you want to position yourself. That's the first point. And then you have to have the confidence to stick with your pricing. And I always lead with... And I, I actually have told a client this before. I just don't seek to be the cheap person. I'm not cheap. I have a lot of skill. I've developed... A lot of knowledge base and expertise, and I feel comfortable. And I don't want to be the cheap person. So if you want to work with somebody cheap, it's not going to be me. And I think you just have to know where you are along the food chain and where you want to be, and start at there. Have confidence and make sure you hold to the pricing you set forth because people are always going to question it, always ask for a discount, always ask for something else. You have to be comfortable with that.
1: I love that, and I I, I really. Love, you're very straightforward, and uh, you have such a bold personality. I think it's very helpful to have a person you can lean on. That's like, this is how it is. Like, you know, I am not like my strongest suit is not in pricing. It's not in. I'm only good at knowing what to charge. If I look at a Google spreadsheet and I say, oh my god, if I don't charge this, I only make that. That's my number. Like, I don't have that inner knowledge. I don't have that inner confidence. I've always been cheap with myself, so that's hard, you know. But I love that this advice is very concrete and like your you're like, I'm going to tell you what to do. And so I love to hear how can people work with you? So are you going to offer some courses? I understand you have a course coming out in the in the late summer, early fall?
0: Yes. So I'm going to have a course that is going to be a title to be determined, but it's basically going to walk you through how to ask for a raise or how to negotiate your salary or how to set your pricing parameters if you are in sales, either digital sales, physical sales, consulting, you're selling yourself, all in the spectrum of those things. And so it'll lead you from point A all the way to point Z. And then we'll offer some add-ons if people want me to either walk them through mock negotiation, mock interview, or just lead their hand through the transition. And how do I set up my skills? How do I set up my resume? How do I ask for the things or or if I'm going into my midterm review or annual review, how do I set up my accomplishments in a way that says you cannot say no to my request for a raise? And so we'll be offering all that. And then I'm working on some group coaching efforts to probably it will probably be around some kind of Monday morning motivation where people can set up their week and how what are their goals for the week, whether it's in sales or other accomplishments they need to get done to meet with other like minded people in just starting
1: their week off right. I love that you have so much experience and background. You know, you were in corporate and now you're working for yourself. So you have that perspective of both, which I think is really, really helpful because there are differences, but there are so much similarities definitely in financials, definitely for women with money. And I don't like to stereotype, but like I'm for sure always had money taboo, always had like, Everything feels very shrouded in mystery around that. And so I love that you bring all of this experience and you're so open with it. You know, like you're like, here's what I've experienced. Here's how to do it. This is what people won't say. This is what people will say. So I'm sure it's super, super helpful and your clients get so much out of it.
0: Yeah. I really think the tangible takeaways speak for themselves and what people can accomplish and what they can do and what they can bring to the table. One of my clients that I just worked with was actually a VP and she was moving into a Transitional, the the job itself was probably comparable level of a job, but she ended up with a ten or fifteen percent increase, which would probably amount to just guessing. uh, I don't want to say exactly where she was at, but it would equate to about a fifty thousand dollar raise in already a high level income person. And not only that, but we were able to help her take her skills where she did not. You know, if if there was ten requirements in the job. On paper, she only met four or five, but I knew that she could do the job. I knew that she had it within her. And so we talked about that. We talked about what she probably needed to highlight in the interview and in her email communications and where she would probably get pushback. And sure enough, she got the offer and then negotiated. She did not take the first pay and she was very transparent about it. And I think sometimes that transparency just really works in your favor. Some people like to play games, but if if a company really wants you They are not going to play games. If they are playing games, that's probably a sign to you that it wasn't meant to be. So I think there will be real tangible takeaways for everybody from the course itself. And then, of course, if people want to work with me separately. And the other thing I love talking about, if you want to hear more about it, should be on the podcast at some points but it's just for women in investing because that's the other thing that I grew into in my life and career is how do you, you know, diversify and once you're at a certain earning level, how do you do something different that's really going to take your family to the next level? Maybe not in 2 or 3 years because, you know, we're not the Rockefellers over here, but you know, with a long-term strategy, maybe we could, you know, elevate our family's position in 10 or 20 years and leave a different legacy for our family. So,
1: I love that. Awesome. And so I'm going to be linking out all of that in the show notes. And we're going to have, we have Get Clear with Crystal Wear podcast and all of the opportunities to learn from and get coached by and take a course with Crystal. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. Absolutely, Kim.
0: Thanks so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to create a career you love, get the salary you deserve, and build the confidence to live life on your own terms, sign up for my free newsletter where you'll get actionable tips to raise your worth, build your wealth, create freedom, and create a life you absolutely love. Head over to crystalwaremedia.com to sign up or click the link in the show notes and join thousands of others making their dreams a reality. Whether you are just embarking on the journey or well on your way, the Worthful Newsletter has something for you. See you next week.